So we asked the question that what are you, have you thought of what you're jumping into? Have you prepared yourself for what you're jumping into? And um, as I was thinking about it, I realized that, you know, if you're, when you were born, they were teaching you how to swim and all that, you know, they would take you to Kextor Leisure Center or, you know, to the swimming pool, or if you have a pool in the house, they'll teach you. But at a point, if you decide that you want to be a diver or you want to swim in the sea, you've got to know what you're jumping into. Because <laughs> the things in the sea are not the same as the things in the swimming pool. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so if you take your swimming pool mindset and attitude into the sea, we are not likely to see you again. Haven't you seen people who have ended up marrying and we didn't see them again? When I say we didn't see them again, we never saw their old self ever again. Their happiness, their niceness, their, you know, the way they were always, it just disappears. Because they didn't know what they were jumping into. Do you understand? And when we should make sure that we also don't have this mind that, you know, it's just all a bad thing or a negative thing or all that, but it's just for us to have a certain amount of totality into it. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to preach, talk for more than 10 minutes because I hear, there, are there a lot of questions? Yeah, okay, so there are a few questions that need to be asked. So I will know so that Reverend can also add to it. So, you know, I, I was, I, I, I really thought that, you know, now I don't wear my glasses off, isn't it? Let's put it down. We can see each other if we don't see. If I read anything, yes, <laughs> yesterday we got a, a, a WhatsApp uh, message inviting us to, you know, because of the COVID, you know, people are losing parents and all that. And we got a, a WhatsApp message requesting that we have this half an hour prayer for a certain group that I belong to. And the message came on the platform. And it came, I think, two days ago. But, you know, I'm always two days behind. So I read it yesterday. And when I read it, I was like, hey, where did this message come from? Either the person can't see well, can't spell can't, or a combination of the two. And I realized, I was one, you know me, I've learned, I told you on Wednesday that I learned that it's not everything that I'm thinking or I'm seeing that I say. So I didn't say anything. But after a while, I realized that somebody had put a message there and said, please, it's my mother who sent the message. Okay, she's, <laughs> she's old. <laughs> so <laughs> just <laughs> let it slide, you know. And so I sent her a private message. I said, God bless your mother. I will join the meeting, <laughs> my homies. So if I read anything, that doesn't mean, just tell the people that it's your mother <laughs> who can see. You know, but I wanted to just touch on one or a couple of things that I think that as we are getting into the marriage or as we are preparing to get more serious in the relationship that we are already in, we want to take it to the place where it becomes a covenant. There are some things that we, sh we should bear in mind. There are some things that we should prepare ourselves for. And uh, today I'm not even going to use passages that normally relate to a relationship and all, but I think that it's going to um, help us. So we're going to read Romans 8. The Bible says from 
35, I'll read up to 39, the NLT. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Doesn't mean that God doesn't laugh at because we're going through these things. Verse 36, as the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. How many of us have some fears, even as we have decided that we want to marry? Hmm. Hmm. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. And that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Give us the verse 38 from the King James. I can read. <laughs> For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Continue. Verse 39. Nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, amen. Hallelujah. How many of you that know that marriage is a new dimension of whatever relationship you are currently in or whatever you, you are thinking that your relationship will end up in? It is a totally new dimension. And the scripture is saying that no principality, no power, no height, no death, nothing can separate us. What I wanted to encourage us and to tell us is that we have to realize that this whole love, relationship, whatever, there are dimensions to it. Do you understand? There are, it's not just, you know, I've met somebody, I like the person, uh, but it's, there's height, there's depth, there's length, there's width, there's, you do understand? The, the relationship is stretched on all sides. So if you don't prepare yourself and be stretched on all sides, how are you going to survive in the marriage? You know, and one of the things we said last week, I believe, or we've said, is the fact that you don't um, marry and then become a husband. Reverend said it last week. Or you don't marry and become a wife. You're already a wife or a husband. You're, you're a wife and then you are found. Do you understand? You are not found as a girl and then you become a wife. You are found as a wife, which means that you have already been you have already prepared yourself you have already been acting that not that it means that you are sleeping around or whatever no yeah but what it means that what is expected of a wife you do it and you see we are you i was i'm using christ because the church is the bride of christ do you, do you understand and christ prepared the church 
So the same way Christ prepared the church, that's the same way we should prepare ourselves. And, I, and I, I think that is so important. I'm just going to give us maybe four, very quick. I'll give you a few scriptures. You can look at the scriptures later because it will be good for you to take your time and read them. But you realize that there are some things that you must be aware that you are going to jump into. So you must have it with you as you. You can't be somebody who's fearful and say, I'm going to dive. Yeah, me, I'll never become a diver. I mean, I know the Holy Spirit is powerful, can do all things. But this is the one thing I won't tempt the Holy Spirit or allow the Holy Spirit to tempt me. Or, don't you understand? Yeah, you cannot be fearful and say you're going to be a diver. You cannot be afraid of heights and say you're going to be a pilot. You cannot be afraid. You know, when, when, when I was in high school, when I was about to, um, I think from GCSE going to A-levels, we're making choices and things. And sometimes, you know how you have certain teachers and family members who think that they are career counselors? Everybody has an opinion. Do you know that? Yeah, everybody has some wisdom that they would like to give you. I learned something this week that one of the things that influences us is not just what we study, but it's also even our ignorance. You know, so I, I had a, a couple of teachers and I knew those who knew me well and those who didn't. And in the first year of A-levels, that's lower six or whatever, at the, we went to a hospital or something. And as we were going, we went to, got to a place. One of my friends was like, Gloria, you don't want to come in here. I was like, why, 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 why? He said, trust me, don't. So I, I said, OK, I'll. So when they came out of there, everybody was like, oh. I was like, why? What was there? He said, well, they were dissecting dead bodies. I was like, what? And then there was a lot of blood. So I looked for my friend and I gave her a hug. God bless you. You know? So from that day, I knew that it doesn't matter what happens. Me, I can't do medicine. Because when they bring a patient who is bleeding, probably something bad will happen to a patient. Because I'll be gone. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, 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 and you, I'm telling you today that there are certain things that you need to be aware that you are jumping into. So start practicing them. Do you understand? And I'll give you four. So the first one is passion. You see, because the scripture was showing us the extent of God's love. And when I say passion, I'm about to give you one definition. Because do you know that I don't care what anybody says, that, you know, Pray and uh, ask God who you should marry. Pray and wait on God. Pray. And, uh, but the truth is that a lot of the time, if I, most of the time, the thing that brings the twitch the first time is the feeling, you understand, the attraction that's E, I, I to I, mm, saw you across the room. Mm. Do you understand? And a lot of the time, when we think of passion, that's what we are thinking about. But today I wanted to give us another part of the passion. So you realize that because we, how many of us have watched the passion of the Christ? Yeah, that is real passion that Christ had to die on the cross. Do you understand what I'm saying? Most of the time when we say passion, we are thinking of intense feeling, conviction, whether of love or anger, you know, strong emotions, devotion, intense desire, boundless enthusiasm, but today, I want to tell you that the passion that is needed down there in that sea is also spirit, soul, and body. Not just body passion. 
Do you understand? Because a lot of times when we think of marriage and we think of passion, we are thinking of, you know, ooh. Please. What you need is, so I'm giving you a, another definition of passion, a willingness to suffer for what you love. I thought today we said we wanted to know what we are jumping into. Oh, a willingness to know what you are jumping into. Do you understand? A willingness to know and to suffer for what you love. That is why, you see, and this is not just for married or for those of us who work in the house of God and want to be ministers, want to serve God, you have to realize that when we say you have to have a passion for the things of God, a passion for the work of God, you have to have a willingness to suffer for that thing. Do you understand? You have to have a willingness to suffer for this relationship that you're going to. You have to have a willingness to go through whatever you have to go. Listen, when even uh, Jesus, when he, they said the sweat was like blood, it was like, well... Nevertheless, that will be that. I want to, I don't want to spend a lot of time, so I'll just give you the scripture. Matthew 16, 22 to 26. And then in Matthew 16, 21, the Bible says, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. And that he would suffer many ter terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised. He knew that this bride that I want to establish on the earth is going to cost me here. And that is why, you know, in Matthew 26, from verse 36, when he took the three disciples to go and pray, and they were sleeping. And you could see that some people had a different passion. Some people had a different, do you understand? He knew what he was about to go through. He knew what he was going to suffer. Another person in scripture that we see, Paul. Paul was somebody that we regard so highly. But you can see that his passion for God and the work of God and the mission that God had given him didn't come through joy and laughter. It came through the sufferings. We, we acknowledge Paul because of what he went through. Listen, any relationship that will work well must be one that can absorb sufferings. Can be, must be, and that is why if now that you are single, every small thing, then you are running, every small thing, you give, every, I mean, look at even the friendships that you have destroyed and look at the issues that made you destroy them. And you can't suffer those small things. How would you be able to suffer in a real marriage? You know, whether it's from financial suffering, illness, whatever. Would you be able to survive it? If you can't survive, you know, your friend owed you 10 pounds and they said they'll pay, they'll pay, they'll pay. And then they never paid it. Then you cut the person out. <laughs> the next one is Commitment. Commitment, level of dedication, faithful to the end, restrictions of freedom, loyalty, reliable, and steadfast, no matter what comes. That is what you are jumping into. That's why people jump into marriage and jump out. Because it's like, hey, is, this, is it so intense? Hey, do I have to... <sighs> You mean now I can't just be going to play football with the boys every Saturday? 
You mean now Friday evening I can't just go to the jazz club and just sit there with my friends and admire nice girls and just whistle at them and just, you know, flex with them a little and come home? You mean now, you know, I can so you mean now I can't look to, you mean now? I feel like I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> You have to prepare. You see, I'm saying this to us because I always say that we are always looking at what others, you know, I want to marry somebody who is like this. I want to. No, you want to become somebody who is passionate, is ready to suffer for what you want. You want to be somebody who is committed to whatever it is that you are. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not wasted or of no purpose. Amen. Knowing that your steadfastness, your immovableness, you know, your focus, it says that it will not be in vain. It will not be futile. You have to realize the level of commitment you are jumping into. And you can't jump from zero to ten. That is why people who say that if I marry, I'll stop chasing girls. If I marry, I'll stop pornography. If I, it's not true. You have to be already committed, do you understand, to doing what is right before you go and marry somebody. Yeah, that person is not the Holy Spirit to come and now regulate your life. If you can't do it for yourself, you're not going to do it for anybody. Yeah, you have to be ready to do what is right for yourself. So that when you jump in there, you already know how to do what is right. You know, once if I marry, all these edges will go. If I'm, it's not true. You just move from a fornicator to an adulterer. <laughs> a fornicator is a, somebody who is not married and sleeps with somebody they are not married to. An adulterer is somebody who is married who sleeps with other people who are either married or single. Preach, pastor, preach, pastor, preach. Let me give you the last sacrifice. You see, all these four things that I'm even mentioning, they are all interconnected. Passion, commitment, sacrifice. You cannot have a successful, long-lasting marriage without sacrifice. Yeah, you cannot. You have to sacrifice your money. You have to sacrifice. Some people sacrifice their money when they are dating. And then when they jump in, they don't want to uh, spend money on the person anymore. But when they are single, even money they don't have, they spend. And then when they marry, yeah. Remember what I told you last week? You know, we show our best and we hide the rest. So sometimes we see you as somebody, oh, very generous, you know, a giver. Oh. And, and anytime we see you, hey, your shoe is nice. Johnny bought it for me. Hey, Johnny bought it for me. Hey, where were you yesterday? Johnny took me. Then when you are married, when we call you, where are you? I'm asleep. Where are you? I'm in the living room. Where are you? <laughs> preach, Pastor, preach. Hey, hey, hey. Johnny has. Listen, the sacrifice is not only for courtship. The sacrifice is even more in marriage. It's even more. So you have to learn how. And you see, that is why little things. Do you, do you understand? Are you able to give 
when somebody needs something? Are you able to help when somebody needs help? Are you able to go out of your way to assist? I, not because of that feeling, because remember the feeling will go. So if you are able to do it already without a feeling, then you know that in marriage, 40 years in marriage, you'll still be able to do it. But if you only do it when you have the, you know, he used to be so nice. He used to be so, he used to, that was very, yeah, and that is why you will see it in how, you know, read, when you read before you jump, you will see that um, when the uh, um, servant came looking for Rebecca, he was looking out for certain things, and Rebecca proved herself. Rebecca didn't know who the man was, and she didn't owe him any water, let alone for his animals, but she went out of her way, do you understand, and took care of him, took care of his animals, and said, mm, this one. Even she doesn't even know the mission I'm here for, and already look how she's manifesting. If she can manifest like this to strangers, then Isaac is going to be all right. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Some of us, you see, I'm saying this because some of us, all the things that we are preparing ourselves to jump into are all the wrong things. Oh, her hips are amazing. Oh, gosh, she has pointed breasts. Oh, dear. You know, her makeup is always on point. Hey, her clothes, her hair is always in there. Ah, she makes me so proud. When people see me, I feel the envy from the boys. I feel the envy from the boys, you know? And yeah, yeah. And the girls will be like, oh, gosh. He stands out in a crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he's like light, when he appears, darkness disappears. But he spends every penny on himself. <laughs> and when he finishes spending all his penny, he comes for your penny. <laughs> hey, that is why, haven't you realized that sometimes you can see husband and wife? Their husband is looking so nice and sharp. Then the wife is like, you don't know if that's his house help. That's, you don't know. Where the, hey! When he's eating, he'll eat it. Then when he says, oh, did you want some? Hey. No, I didn't. <laughs> you see, some of these things, we find them trivial. But I'm saying that we have to change. We have to realize that if we are preparing ourselves, ourselves for a good relationship, to jump into it, then we have to become people who are pleasant, who are giving, who are generous, who can make a sacrifice, who can let go, who are able to say, oh, it's okay, yeah, you can have it. And not, I'm not saying that do it to the person that you're preparing to marry. I'm saying that it must become your nature. Because it's not even just your spouse. There are some people, they are called children. When they come, theirs is even worse. <laughs> they want everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same. So you can see a, a parent, you know, they take care of themselves, their children. Psh. Yeah. They don't care whether you go to school, whether you look. Because they're selfish. They're, they can't sacrifice. <laughs> so my question is what are you willing to sacrifice for your relationship to succeed first peter 2 5 the bible says the sacrifice must be pleasing to the one we are sacrificing for ah it says that the verse 5 says and and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of 
Jesus Christ, you offer script, uh, spiritual sacrifices that please God. So we are not just talking about sacrifice. Oh. We are talking about sacrifice that is pleasing. That is pleasing. Sacrifice that is pleasing. Oh, but don't you see that now when I come home, I always give you a peg and a hug. Can't you realize that now I'm able to, you know? But what is the person wanting? What does the person want? That's the sacrifice that we are talking about. Yeah. If you are not ready to please uh, uh, your spouse, don't marry. So that you can continue pleasing yourself. But the thing you are jumping into, there's somebody there. There will be people there who you need to please. And as for me, I don't please. Nobody come. I don't really. Mm. The last one I want to give you is enjoyment. Listen, if you are committed, if you have the passion, you are willing to suffer for what you love, and you are ready to sacrifice, please, you need to stand up and enjoy it. Marriage is not meant to be miserable. No, marriage is hard work. Marriage involves a lot of things, but ultimately, you have to enjoy your marriage. You have to enjoy your marriage. You have to enjoy your marriage. Hallelujah. Let me give you this scripture before we go. Yeah. And when I say enjoy the marriage, give the enjoyment, receive the enjoyment. Give the pleasure, receive the pleasure. Listen, Solomon knew something. Somebody say Solomon knew something. In the book of Ecclesiastes, I'll give, go, when you go read them, read Ecclesiastes 3. They are very nice scriptures. If we have time, we'll look at them. But in Ecclesiastes 9, the Bible says, verse 9 and 10, live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. Whatever you do, do well. For when you go to the grave, there's no work, there's no planning, there's no knowledge. Ah, tell somebody you are jumping into enjoyment. In Ecclesiastes 3, the Bible says in verse 9, what do people really get for all their hard work? And I'm saying this, we are talking about relationship, but please, if you're a hard-working person, you go to work 9 to 5, 9 to 9, 9 to 15, whatever, you know, you have to realize that for all your hard work, enjoyment must come. It says that, I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planned, planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work. So I conclude, there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor. For these are the gifts from God. Hey, if you are sacrificing and you are committed and you are focused, you have to let every other man go, every other woman go. You have to let, then the one that you have, you have to make sure. So tell somebody you are jumping into enjoyment. Remember, you can go back. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so I, I really don't know where to start from. Um, Proverbs 18.22. The Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Isn't it? 
He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from God. Now, the, 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 the word here was a wife. He didn't say a girlfriend. He didn't say uh, a girl. He said a wife. A wife is different from a girl. You know, so what Pastor Glau was trying to teach us is that for you to get a, a man as a young lady, you must present yourself as a wife. A material to be a helpmeet, not a free atom. Selfish people don't make for good wives. Fearful people don't make for good wives. Suspicious people do not make for good wives. Am I making sense? Because if you are a very suspicious person, already before the guy says good morning, you think that he has said good morning to somebody before he came. How many know what I'm talking about? So if you are that type of person, you must deal with yourself before you even think about going for a wife. And if you look at, uh, give me Genesis uh, 2, 24, for gender purpose balance. Let, let's look at it. Say that, give me, uh, I want the NK, uh, uh, New King James. He says that, therefore shall a man leave his mother and his, his father and his mother and join himself to his wife. A man. He didn't say a boy. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you are a boy, you are called a boyfriend because you are not responsible. Am I making sense? So for, for the wife, you have to make sure that he's a man before you make yourself a wife to him. Are, are you getting it? So before we even go into what you are jumping into, you must prepare yourself. If you are a boy, become a man before you think about going into marriage or going to, anybody, uh, going to take an extra burden. Because when you take a, a wife, you have taken not only one person, you have taken a wife and four other children. Amen. You have taken a wife and twins within a span Amen. of two years. Amen. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? So if you are somebody, you can't deal with your own finances. You cannot pay your bills on time. You, you are always in debt. You have no business going to take somebody's daughter. Because once you take the person's daughter, she the person leaves the mother and father and becomes an and associate, becomes an associate to you. So it means that they have to be part of the people you look after. Are you getting it? So what, what Pastor Gla is saying, what we are starting with is that you must deal with yourself first. Become a man. Become a woman. Then we are going to move to the next aspect. Am I talking to somebody? So it doesn't matter whether you are married already or not. If you haven't become a man in the marriage, please put on the trousers from today. There are some guys who get married and they put the, give their trousers to the woman to wear. It's the most unfortunate thing that I've seen. That you, the man, you have given the, when I say trousers, you have given the leadership to the woman because you are not uh, confident in your own leadership. So you have abdicated your position as the head and given it to the woman. I'm not saying that women cannot lead well. That's not what I'm saying. But we have, we, we have uh, uh, what is it called? When you put the cart before the horse, there's no progress. 
there's an order that God has set. The man, the woman is supposed to be a helpmeet. Are you with me? So that is what the woman is there for. The man is supposed to lead. So if you are not a man, you don't have, a, a, what do you call it? Conf- you don't have confidence in your leadership in yourself. You have not led yourself well. You have no business going to take somebody. Build your confidence. Work on yourself. Become, don't be desperate to get married. Hello? Don't be desperate because it's better to marry a married well than not to marry at all. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or go and marry and then divorce. So it's better that you do, you do the homework. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's better you get things right at first time. I know people have gotten married in their 50s and they've enjoyed their marriage. They were single up to 50 and they got married around 50 and they are, they are happiest because they prepared themselves. And I know people who jumped in at 20, 22, and then they got out again, then they jumped in their fourth marriage. Because they never prepared themselves. And a selfish person who is jumping into marriage will jump out. A fearful person who is jumping into marriage will jump out. An insecure person is going to jump in and jump out. Have you ever jumped into a tub of hot water before? Who has jumped into a tub of... And as soon as your, your bum touched the water, what did you do? You just came out. Yeah. I know people have married within two weeks, two months, they've divorced. Wrong choice. Because they realize that they jump into a hot tub of water. Poor choice, poor choice. And they have to come out. Are you getting? That's why we, this, book, this book, before you jump, is so important that you need to understand what you're jumping into. I'm going to give you a few things for the sake of time. I'm not going to preach. They are all in the book. Things that you must look out for. Things you must look out for. Okay, so first thing that you must look out. Before we go in, let me read a scripture in uh, Genesis 24. I think Pastor Gloria quoted it. Genesis 24. This was when um, Abraham sent his servant to go and look for a wife for his son. So let's start from verse 11. Are you there? Okay. No. Let's start from verse 10 so it makes sense. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed for departed for all his master's goods were in his hand and he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor and he made his camels kneel down outside the city well of water at the evening time the time when the women go out to draw water then he said O Lord God of my master Abraham please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham behold here are I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let it be that the young woman to whom I say, <clears throat> please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I'll also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. Hallelujah. So the guy decided that he was going to set a little test 
for the prospective partner. Are you with me? And I say in the book that courtship or friendship is a long interview. Are you with me? When you befriend a lady or befriend a guy, you are like boyfriend, girlfriend. It is an interview. Don't play wife. Don't play has house. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do not become a, 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 a wife, a person. That you do all the things wives do, including sleeping with him. You have disqualified yourself. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you have not given yourself the opportunity to be neutral, to look to see whether this person is capable and is qualified to be my husband or to be my wife. Am I making sense? Because once you start playing house, everything becomes house. Do you understand what I'm saying? And when you get fed up with the house, you just jump out. Amen. Oh, you didn't like what I said. Oh, preach, Pastor, preach. The way you are going quiet. Preach. <laughs> so, so, you see, what, I'm sure all of us have gone for interviews before. There are, there are about three or four different types of interviews. There are the interview where you go, you have a panel, and you sit in front of them. They give you, um, what's it called, questions, you answer, and then they will, with the questions and answer, they will suss out your demeanor, they suss out who you are, and they will say that this person is the right candidate for the job or not. Then you have another interview that is one-on-one. -on -one. You go and sit, and it's just one person. You have an interview that you go, like, the whole day. They give you, you put into groups. You do role play. They give you, like, scenarios. They want to see how you fit into the team. Then you have another type of interview where they give you the job on a temporary basis. So they make you like a temp for like two weeks or a month or two months just to see whether you qualify. At the end of that temporary uh, period, they decide that you are the best fit for the job. In the same way, courtship is like a temporary job you have been given. You don't get all the benefits. Do you understand? A temporary staff don't get all the benefits the full-time staff gets. So a temporary boyfriend, a temporary wife doesn't get what... The salary and the pensions and the health benefits of a, of a husband or a wife. So don't pay his bills for him. Kabosh. That is for a full-time staff. You didn't like that. Preach, preach, preach. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't settle his bills. Uh, 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 I'm going through a divorce now with my wife, you know, so I have to go to the court. Then you are paying lawyer's fee. No, stay out of that. Let him deal with his life. When he's ready, then you can start talking. Am I, I, I talking to somebody? Hello? Yeah. So, that friendship, you are going to uh, Nando's, you are going to the movies, you are chatting. It's not just going to the movies to enjoy movies. Don't be daft. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not unless you are not interested in marrying the person. But if you are interested in marrying the person, there, there's a lot of questions you must ask yourself. In fact, I have prepared about, I, in this book, I have about nine questions. In, on this tablet, I have 18 questions. 
that you must ask. So you should be very busy. You don't have time to just be lovey-dovey. You know, he calls you and you're talk, talking about nonsense. No. There are a lot of questions you must ask yourself. Hallelujah. I, are you getting what I'm saying? So, number one, let's go in quickly. Look at, look at, I'll give you a few questions. Are, are you ready? Number one, is, is the person emotionally matured? Do they have emotional maturity? Maturity is different from emotional maturity. There are some people who are matured, but emotionally they are not matured. They are quick-tempered. They are not in touch with their emotions. They cry easily. You see, the worst thing you can marry is to marry a wife who cries easily. It is witchcraft. Anything they want, they'll start crying, and then you feel bad. If then there's an argument, then, <laughs> then you keep quiet. Preach, pastor, preach. Uh, uh, she's not emotionally, emotionally matured. Yes, and like, oh, uh, 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 let's go to, to my friend's lunch. No, I don't want to go to your friend's lunch. You don't love me, that's why I don't want to go to my friend's lunch. Or they become angry. The whole day they won't talk to you because you didn't want to go for lunch. The person is not emotionally matured. Because part of marriage is patience. That's the ability to endure pain. Anger, annoyance for a very long time without, without complaining. So if the person is not emotionally matured, and you see, those, the courtship period is when you suss out whether the person is emotionally matured or not. They get easily, uh, when you find anybody who is easily agitated and excited negatively without much provocation, means that person is not qualified for the position. The person needs to grow up. So the person is not a good candidate for the job. Because you will get to a place you have twins and they'll be crying at the same time. And you have to prepare food. And then somebody, your boss just called you that there's a deadline that you haven't met. You have to do that. You see, those pressures will come at that time. And if the, the person is not emotionally mature, they'll break down on you. Uh, are you getting it? So you need emotional maturity. Number, number two, openness. Openness. Is the person open? Are they open about everything about themselves? The Bible says we, we, in uh, verse 25 of chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, it says that, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Is the person open? Can they show you what is really hurting them? Have they shown you all their debt? Or they are, always, they are pretending? They are hiding all the bills. It's the day you get married that you realize that your, your husband or your wife has a debt of 40000 And now it's in the joint name. Do <laughs> you, you get it? So you need to be sure that the person is open. So you see, there are 18 questions. You don't have time to be loving, 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 or having sex all the time. Because when you're having sex all the time, you can't see. Are they honest? See, when you catch the person telling one lie, telling another lie, telling another lie, it's a party. It means the person is a liar. <laughs> Are you getting it? And a liar, you see, people don't change with marriage. 
Whatever is in them comes out even the more. Marriage is an amplification of who they are. If the person is lazy, when they get married, they'll be lazier. If the person is harsh, when they get married, they'll be harsher on you. If the person is quick-tempered, listen, if you, are, you don't have a, a good temper, don't marry. Because your wife or your husband will know how to draw out the anger and everything inside of you. That you didn't even know was inside. That you never thought that you could manifest. See yourself shaking like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? Are they respectful and sensitive to your needs? Do they respect what you respect? You have a, a spouse who doesn't respect, let's say you have, you, 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 you respect your church. You respect, you know, God. You have, and they don't have that respect for what you respect. That's a very bad sign. Are you with me? You must not be unequally yoked. Are they sensitive to your needs? You know, we all have different needs. We all have, emotionally, we all have different needs. There are some things that, when they cross my mind, it doesn't even bother me. Do you get it? Like me, before I got married, I don't worry. Worry is not part of me. The trouble is happening tomorrow at 9 o'clock. I will have a sound sleep today. Nine o'clock, I'll wake up and deal with the problem. My wife will start worrying from last year for nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Do you get it? <laughs> you know, my, my wife will go around, before we got married, she'll go around and collecting people's worry to worry for. So, do you have any worry? Hey, this person has a problem. Hey, this person, I'm sleeping in the middle of the night. You wake me up. Hey, that person has a problem. I said, so what? Sleep. <laughs> you know, but over the years, I've realized I need to be sensitive to what she is. Worries her. So, I've become a little bit, you know, sensitive to worry because she... And she has become better, much, much better at worrying. Now she doesn't worry like she's almost like me now. You, you know, but it's part of life. Are you with me? You need somebody who's sensitive to your needs, somebody who's sensitive to the things that you worry about, the things that you care about. They must care about it. Hallelujah. Are you getting it? Number, what number are we on? Are they independent? Therefore, shall a man leave his mother and father? If the man keeps running back to his mother and father on every little uh, problem, he's a boy. He's not a man. He's not independent. If the woman is always running to the mother, anything, any small discussion you have, they have to go and tell their mother. They are not independent yet. When you marry such a person, you have trouble. Um, are we okay? Everybody will know your business. You'll be talking about something before you realize everybody knows what is, is happening in your home. Because you have married somebody who's not independent. Are they physically affectionate? Are they affectionate? There are some people who they are a emotional. They don't have any emotions whatsoever. 
It's one of the difficult things to marry somebody who doesn't have any emotions, doesn't express love, doesn't express joy, doesn't express happiness. It's very placid. Are you okay? Are you okay? Is there any problem? I'm very happy. Is everything I'm okay? I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Okay, everything? Everything okay. Everything all right? No. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. No. Listen, the home is, the, you see, the thing that you must, I, I say in this book, the, the first marriage was situated in a garden. And the reason why God put the first marriage or Adam and Eve's marriage in a garden is because a garden connotes beauty. A garden connotes serenity. A garden has a place that you need to constantly work on because if you don't work on it, it will develop weeds. Marriage is like that. Are you with me? The home is a place of serenity and a place to be enjoyed. If you have somebody who does not show affection, you cannot enjoy it. Was the food nice? It's okay. Did you enjoy, you know, the, 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 the dish? Do you, do you, is, should I put more salt? If you like. Should I add more um, sugar to your tea? If you want. What is your favorite food? Any food. How can you please such a person with the food? What excites you? You know, I think I think I need to I need to give a disclaimer here. Uh, uh, let me disclaim. I, I was raised. I was the last born of eight eight children in my mother on my mother's side, and fourteen in total of my father's side. And at any one time in the house, we had about four or five relatives living in the house with all of us. <laughs> Do you get it? So in, in my house, give or take, there are about 16 mouths to feed. And there was no luxury of what do you want to eat? Do you want chicken, chicken or lamb. lamb? No, 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 no. In fact, as soon as the food is served, if you are not fast, <laughs> food is finished. <laughs> you know, and I, ha- I had a, one particular big sister who will go around, as everybody's eating, she'll go around and then she'll be looking at the meat in your, in your, in your, uh, the, the meat or the chicken, then she'll, she'll take the chicken. When you complain, she gives you a knock. Or sometimes when you complain, she'll put it back. Well, especially when mom is around, she'll put it back. Then she'll go and sit down. Because after we've had dinner, we have to go and have shower. And she's the one who, at, at my age, I couldn't, wash myself, so she, she's the one who's going to bath me. And you know, kids have sores. When she knows she has a sore, she'll take the sponge. Because you didn't give her the meat. She will scrub. <laughs> By the time she finishes, the next, the next day you'll give her all your meat. You get it? So for me, food has never been something that I am very choosy. Anything you put in front of me, so, I, I mean, as I sit here, if you ask me what's my favorite meal, I don't really know. I don't have any. I eat anything you put in front of me. You know, so it was one of the frustrations my wife had when we came. Like, 
you know, and when I see my children, I mean, I don't want this. I want that. Hey, you people. <laughs> you are even fortunate to get some food to eat. You're fortunate because all the, all the people in the house bully me. Sometimes they'll come. Somebody will take my meat. Somebody will take a bit of my rice. Somebody will, And you can't, because when you complain, you get a knock. And then when they finish, can you imagine there are about 16, 18 plates? Because I'm the youngest, I have to wash all the plates. So me, washing of plates has never been, you know, like my children will fight. No, there are four plates. I don't know. There are four plates. I had, you know, if you come from the, the part of the world I come from, by the time they finish, the cooking utensils, they use the loan. It's like that. Then plus the plates of 16 people. You cannot show passion food. So food is not something, you can't bluff me with food. Food is not something you can, if I get, if I don't get, I can go without, I'm okay with food. Okay, <laughs> let me go on before I get into trouble. Okay, let me go on quickly. Is your partner selfish? If the person is selfish, they, that's the wrong candidate. If they are always thinking about themselves, and you didn't do this for me, and you didn't do this, and I'm not happy because I'm not this, and you haven't this, and you haven't that, everything is about them. That's not a good candidate. That is why you must not commit yourself sexually, so that if the person is not a good candidate, you can walk on. You must not commit yourself emotionally or financially, so that if the person is not a good candidate, you walk on. It's an interview. They interview about five people and they pick one. Are you getting it? Has your partner got anger issues? Abusive speech? Oh, they said sorry. They said sorry. Listen, the people who abuse people, the people who physically hit their spouses, they always say sorry after. So saying sorry is not an excuse. You understand? And if you are married to somebody who exhibits that thing, don't hide it. Don't cover. Let the person get help because they need help. Are you, are you with me? There are some people who don't, are not in touch with their emotions. The worst thing that anybody can do to you is to lay their hands on you, man or woman. Me, don't you, tolerate it. If you lay your hands on my child, that's the deal breaker. Our 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 thing is finished. <laughs> our deal, this father-in-law business, mother-in-law business is finished. Yeah. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, because, because you, 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 whatever is the point of anger, you can deal with it without throwing a punch. I mean, look at the two of us. If we are going to physically throw punches, who is going to? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, son. Thank you. And, and, and you know, you know, between us, there, there is somebody who, who bullies the other very much. You, you ask my daughter who the person is, who is the bully between the two of us. Phoebe, stay out of it. 
I think we are joking about it, but I think that, especially for those of us in Europe and all that, some things almost become acceptable, you know? And also for us who are Christians, I know we have been taught that, you know, like divorce should be something that we shouldn't contemplate and all that, and it's true. There are very few grounds for divorce and all that. But as your pastor, if you are in a relationship that is abusive, there's nothing godly about it. There's no scripture to back it at all, at all. Don't, and don't let yourself be intimidated and be told that if you leave, nobody else will marry you. Before you got married, weren't you single? L listen, one, one of the things that I realized about abusive, people who are be, be always abused, is the, the facade, they want to keep, create the appearance that we are happy. Do you understand? Whilst you are suffering, please don't do that. Because when you hide a sore, it festers and it becomes gangrenous. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you don't take care, they will have to amputate your leg. So it is not good to cover it. The person may be a good person, they have issues, anger issues. That can be dealt with, that can be sorted out. Ask for help for him and let him or, or let her, her be helped. I used to Don't suffer in silence. No, no, no. no. Bit, but I've seen a lot who, more women, or women so. who abuse men. Abuse, so. It doesn't matter who it comes from. And the worst bit is that when a man is being abused because of pride and ego, yes, it's even worse. They can't say because they look so small if they come and say that my wife beat me. My wife slaps me. <laughs> me, I will say it. I will tell, please, teacher. It was a joke. If you do understand, it's okay. Next one. Your partner is financially irresponsible. Deal breaker. Let me give another disclaimer. When we got married, before we got married, I have a problem with paying of bills, especially small bills. Between the two of us, it's like, I, I always say that I'm like a giraffe. I see far. And my wife is like a tortoise. She sees just around here. So my wife can stay on the phone challenging a bill that is 20 pounds more than it should be. She can stay on the phone for like an hour or two hours. Me too, I don't have that time. In fact, when I get a bill, I won't look at it. When the red letter comes, I won't look at the red letter. It's when the red letter changes to purple, the bailiffs are coming. <laughs> That's when I will look. By that time, they've added about, uh, what do you call it, about 70 pounds to that 20 pound bill. That was my weakness. And, and at the same time, I am planning to buy a house somewhere. I have, you know, have a business, you know, that's me. I'm planning. So those little, little things, I, it, it didn't used to. I was always struggling with it. And my wife, if the bill is due today, it has to be paid today. She, she, no, 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 the bill has to, if, forget about the house we want to buy. Let's pay the bill today. We'll talk about the house tomorrow. So we've had, we've had a, a good compromise where she's in charge of all the bills. So if you ask me what is my water bill, I don't know. What is my 
telephone bill, I don't know. What is this bill? I don't know. She sorts it out. And I also do other things. Are, are you getting it? The fact that I'm the man doesn't mean that I must. If I'm not good at it, I'm not good at it. But you see, I, I was very, very uh, open to say that, listen, I'm not good at these things. So you take charge of it. Are you getting it? So irresponsible person financially does not make for a good spouse. Okay. Every time they are broke, every time they need money from you, every time they get paid, but their money is finishing before the end of the month. It means the person is they are spending they're always habits. changing jobs. Or they will not work. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a are you breaker. still at Vodafone? Oh, no, I'm now with EE. Ah, I thought you were working. Oh, I, last Friday was my last day. I've started EE. Hey, how is it going? Oh, I've left EE. I'm actually with BT. Been with BT for the last. Yeah, how many, when you look on their CV, the longest job is like three weeks, two days. That's not a good, a good sign. When your partner has unrealistic goals and expectations, and I say, let's say somebody's 29 year old or 30 year old person says, I want to start a rap career. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, immediately you know that this person is going nowhere. <laughs> I mean, you are 29 and you are thinking of becoming a rap star. Oh, where, where, when are we going to start? Today. In the day. When the it, day. It, it's funny. If you watch uh, this type of American uh, divorce court and everything, you see about 80% of them, they want to be rap stars at the age of 30, 40. Chasing unrealistic goals. I want to be an entrepreneur. And you have been trying to be an entrepreneur for, for the last 16 years, and you still don't have two pounds to rub together. Gosh. No. You, remember, such a, you are going to carry such a person throughout your life. If you want to have your children plus another big child, then go ahead with such a person. Otherwise, drop him or her. There's oh, a woman, they are always in a shop. Every Friday, they have to get a new outfit. Every Friday, new shoe, new outfit, new look, new this, new that, new that. Every time, they are, they are buried their heads in the, on the computer looking for clothes, or they bury their head in the... No, such a person has a very bad financial habit. It's not a good candidate. It may be a good girlfriend. But I think one of the wife. questions that needs to be added now is, how many stalkers do you have? Dorothy Perkins, Debbie H and M. I remember I, d- I dealt with the case, almost to divorce, and the thing was that this, this and the two, two are, uh, pastor and his wife, almost to divorce because every Friday she has to go new shopping. Dress for Sunday. Yes. Saturday, uh, Saturday, new dress, new hairstyle for Sunday service. Are you crazy? This girl was very strong about it that I have to look. I'm the, I'm the first money. lady. I money. have to look. I have to say, hey. First, what? Lady. You people, you see. Every Saturday, new hairstyle. Today is blue. The next day is pink. Then it's purple. It's straight. It's long. It's, it's, what is that? 
The beauty too is still far-fetched. So all her work income goes to that. And then the guy has to use his mind to pay all the bills. How wouldn't there be a problem all the time in the house? But you see, all the, these things we are talking about, it starts from before they jump. But he if, liked it then. If you, had, if you had looked carefully, you would have seen that this is the... This is the Reverend, the, he saw it too, but it was nice. Hey, that's what this your girl, she's always on point. This your girl, she's sharp looking. Listen. This your girl, she's really... A nice. sharp dresser is the one that can have 10 clothes and know how to... Can you stop? <laughs> she's sharp, sharp, sharp. A, 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 a sharp dresser is somebody who knows how to have 10 clothes and knows how to combine all 10 every time and you feel as if they have hundreds of thousands of clothes. That's a sharp dresser. Not somebody who every day has to go to a shop and buy. It's not a sharp dresser. 